Man, what a great song. Thank you, Brother Danny. Our kids are heading off to Children's Church. Y'all have a great day. If someone can go back and... Oh, got one going back. Thank you, help. Thank you, thank you, Christy. Be turning in your Bibles to John 15, if you would. We're just about four chapters away from finishing up John. Kind of a, a somber mood this morning. It's kind of somber songs, very powerful songs. Sometimes it kind of gets that way in this Christian battle. We fight and we struggle. Like I said in the song, we, we try to, to win the battle and it's already been won. And we kind of get discouraged. We try to, I don't know, we just feel like, you know, maybe we're just not getting it right some days. This morning as we look at John 15, Jesus comes in the red letters again here and he's, he's talking to them right from his mouth. And he knows in just, well, in chapter, this is 16, 18, he's going to be arrested. And so he knows that this is just imminent. This is coming. And he, he's, he's talking to his disciples. He's been talking to them for the last two or three chapters here. And we've been kind of been eavesdropping in and listening and also learning something for ourselves. And today he's talking to them about what they're going to be facing. And it, it's, it's really sobering. It's kind of a somber mood. It's not like what we thought. I mean... Disciples are sitting there, and they, they were good Jewish guys, and the Jews have been taught that Jesus, this Messiah, is going to come. He's going to set up his reign on this world, and he's going to just set everything right. They were looking for him to come and set up a total new world government and then overthrow the Romans and the oppression that they were living under, make their life just happy and blessed and abundant and give them a bunch of stuff. And it's nothing what Jesus is telling them. Today, guys, there's a lot of people out there on the TV and in the magazines and the things they're telling you that there's this gospel that if you give a dollar, God's going to give you 30 back, and he wants you to be rich, and he wants you to have a mansion and a Cadillac, and he wants you to have all these things. And guys, when I read these verses this morning, I see nothing about that. I see a very difficult life. I see a life that is hard. I see a life that will be persecuted. We live in a world today where when we stand up for the name of Christ, people are ready to jump down our throats. If we take a stand for the rights of an unborn child, or if we take a stand for the sanctity of marriage, or if we take a stand for anything to do with God... People come from every angle. Holier than thou, don't judge me. What right have you got to tell me what to do? That's why I don't go down to that church, because you guys just think you're better than everybody else. And we suffer and we see this on a daily basis. And guys, as the disciples were about to figure out, I think we need to figure out that it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Because the Bible tells us that. But, 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 Jesus said, Do not lose heart, for I have overcome it all. Amen? There is hope. And this is not a hope like I hope I get a bicycle for Christmas. 
This is a hope like our life is going to be taken care of for all of eternity. Not for 25, 30, 50, 70, 80, 90 years we live on this earth, but for all of eternity. Do not lose heart. I have overcome it all, Jesus says this morning. Let's set in with the disciples this morning and read together. Let's start in verse 18. Try to put yourself in that place. Like I said, it's been kind of somber in here this morning, and that's a good mood for this, this reading. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Boy, that kind of gets your spirits picked up. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. He's talking to 11 men there. You know, Judas has already left the room. He's talking to 11 men that he's called to follow him, to learn from him, to let him teach them, to further the word, to further his kingdom after he leaves. And he says, I want to tell you something. They hate me. And if you stand for me, they're going to hate you. Two thousand years later, the world loves you if you say everything's okay. The world does not love you if you stand up and say there is a way. There is the way, the truth, and the life, and his name is Jesus Christ. And the world does not want to hear that because they want to do whatever they want to do. And I say the world, let me say all of us want to do that. Us sitting in this room this morning, we want to do what we cotton pick and get ready to do. Let's just be honest with each other this morning. That's what we want to do. We want to do what we want to do. Don't tell me not to do that. Don't tell me not to do this. Don't tell me that's wrong. Don't tell me that's wrong. I'm a Christian, but I'm a Christian, but I can include all this other stuff in my life. Where's the difference then? Where's the difference if we include all the other stuff in our life? As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. Remember, he's talking to disciples here. Here you can translate the word servant as slave. A slave is not greater than his master. If his master is going to go through it, then the servants are going to go through it. If Jesus went through it, his disciples would go through it. If Jesus went through it, brothers and sisters sitting in this room this morning, we're going to go through it. We don't want to think that. We don't like to hear that preached. Danny said, what are you preaching on to say? I said, well, it's not one of them cheerleading, yay, yay sermons. It's, it's one of them that kind of just, it kind of makes you feel sick, to be honest with you. You don't sit here and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. I didn't, want to, I didn't, I didn't like reading it. I'm going, where's the excitement here? Where, what, where, what do we do? It kind of points out the conviction, the, the strife. The, are, are we serving God the way we should? We've got so much, we look so much like the world, they can't even tell us from the world anymore. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. 
They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. They don't understand. They're living in the dark. Guys, when we leave these doors in a few minutes, we're going to go out into a world that is in darkness. Now, I know today the sun's shining, we're happy about that, and it feels good, but I'm telling you, this world is getting blacker and blacker by the minute. We don't want to hear that, but it's dark out there. When somebody pulls onto a parking lot and shoots the pastor's son and his wife, it's getting dark. We look at the news this week, and it just it overwhelms us. How in the world could somebody do that? How in the world could they do that? And we're just we're amazed every day. 22, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had, done, if I had not done among them the works no one else did, then they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fill what is written in the law. They hated me without reason. Now, what's Jesus talking about there? If they had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now, that doesn't mean that if Jesus never had come, there wouldn't be sin because there's been sin since the garden, okay? But he said, now the Messiah, God's own son, has stood right before them. Go back to the disciples a minute now. He's talking to them. He said, I've come and stood before the people, and they've not accepted me. And you know what? If they've not accepted me, they've not accepted my father. You see, today, you can walk around and you can talk to people. We've talked about this before. And you can talk to people and say, do you believe in God? Oh, yeah, I believe in God. Everybody believes in God. There's a few atheists out there, but most people will say, yeah, I believe there's a God. There's, there's some higher being there. Well, let me ask you this question. Do you believe in a man named Jesus? Oh, I don't know about that. You know what this just said from Jesus' lips? If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you don't believe there's a God. You can't have one without the other. They go together. I and my Father am one, Jesus said. You can't say there is a God and then say there's not a man named Jesus that died on a cross for my sins and thereby convicting me of my sins and then I have to do something about that. I have to make a decision now. Was the cross really for me or was it just a big hoax? And you've got to decide that. Nobody can decide it for you. He said, but now I've come. I've stood before them, and I've done some remarkable things. Remember all the miracles that Jesus did? Some remarkable things. Made blind people see and caused the lame to walk and caused the dead to rise again. Turned water into wine. Took a sack lunch and fed 5,000 plus. He said, they have seen me do things that there's no other explanation except that I am from God. And they still say, I despise. I don't want him. I want him dead. And he's saying, fellas, let me tell you something. Eleven, let me tell you something. The way they've treated me, they're going to treat you that way. That's at this point, they're scratching their head going, what have I got myself into? Maybe you ask yourself that question sometimes. What have I got myself into serving God? It seems like I'm always doing the wrong thing. It seems like I'm always being convicted of another sin in my life. 
It seems like somebody's always having a better time than I am. But this is only temporary. We'll read here in just a minute. As a mother gives birth, the pains are soon forgotten when the child comes. Someday, when me and you and the redeemed of the earth stand before Jesus Christ, and he says, enter in, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You talk about a rejoicing. You talk about a gift. You talk about the greatest grace we've ever been a part of. And folks, I'm telling you, it's not going to last for a day or a week or an hour or a month, or 10 years, or a 1,000 years, it's going to last forever, and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. Do not lose heart. I have overcome it all, Jesus says. It looks bleak. It looks ugly. It looks dark. It looks impossible. But don't worry. Do not be anxious about anything. You keep trusting me. You know, this whole book is about trusting Jesus. That's, about, that's the theme of the whole Bible. If, I had, if somebody said, tell me what the Bible's about, I'd say it's about trusting Jesus Christ. Ever since he put all those trees in the garden, told him to leave one along, it was a trust thing. When he said, Abraham, you're going to be the father of, of thousands and multitudes, and, and, and I want you to trust me. But Father, I'm 100 years old. I want you to trust me. Sarah, you're going to give birth. But, Lord, I'm 90 years old, and she laughed at God. I want you to trust me. But, Lord, we're backed up against the Red Sea. What are we going to do? Moses, I want you to trust me. But, Lord, they're fixing to throw me into a fiery furnace. They're going to burn me and my two buddies up. I just want you to trust me. Lord, they're going to throw me into a lion's den. I just want you to trust me, Daniel. And here he's sitting there looking at 11 people that have been following him for the last three and a half years. And he says, I just want you to trust me. Here's the question this morning, First Baptist Kaiser. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? When life is hard, when it's difficult, when nothing makes sense, when it's the hardest days of your life, you know what he says? Just keep trusting me. I have overcome it all. Trust me. Get back there to Revelation. Is that really going to happen? Is he really going to set up a brand new kingdom on this earth? Is he really going to make it perfect? Is he really going to make all this right again? Is he going to take all the evil out of the world? Is he going to chain the devil forever and ever and throw him in the lake of fire? Is it going to be over with one of these days? Jesus says, just trust me. Do you trust him this morning? You see, we like the happy stuff. We like the happy stuff. We like when everything's going our way. We like when... Things are going the right, you know, the, the right way. But when God steps up and says, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. We don't like that. That's, Brother Todd, preach on something happy. 
Preach on heaven. Guys, listen to me. If you don't hear this part, you're never going to get to heaven. Because you must stay faithful. You must trust. You must follow Jesus Christ. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If he had done among them works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill. This is written in their law. They hated me without reason. David talked about that. And then he kind of switches gears on them. (coughs) Just like when we think, man, I'm at my rope's end. I can't go on any further. This is too hard. I can't do this. I'm telling you, folks, sadly, people are walking away from the Christian faith every day. People are walking away saying it's too hard. It's too hard. There's a lot more fun going on out there, and I want to go be part of that. Folks, I'm telling you, it's temporary. It's not going to last. You're putting your, you're putting your hopes and your faith in something that's going to burn, and it's going to turn to ashes, and it's not going to stand up. Only those that follow Jesus Christ will overcome. Look here in 26. When the advocate comes, that's the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth grows out from the Father. He will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. He said, now look, it looks bad. It's going to be bad. But I'm going to send you a helper. He's the Holy Spirit. The one that came on the day of Pentecost. The one that came in like a mighty rushing wind and it said it looked like cloven tongues of fire on their head and and they spoke in every language so everyone could understand what was going on that day. The Holy Spirit was there. And then Jesus even said this, you're going to understand things more than you do with I'm here. It's good that I go because you're going to understand it better. Now we have the word. Guys, I'm telling you, without the Holy Spirit guiding you, you cannot understand this word. And he shows you the truth. He shows you what's going on. Now look at 16. All this I've told you so that you will not fall away. Fall away right there translates so you will not stumble and fall flat on your face. I'm telling you this so you will not stumble. Because if a preacher gets up and tells you everything's going to be good and don't you worry and everything's going to be prosperous and you're not ever going to worry about anything and then it gets hard, what do you do? You stumble and fall. You lied to me. Jesus said, I'm not going to tell you a bunch of lies and a bunch of things that I'm concocting here. I'm going to tell you the truth. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Because when it comes, when you think, hey, Jesus came and he's supposed to set up his kingdom and it's supposed to be really good and we're going to be all blessed and we're going to get all we want and then it doesn't happen, you'll stumble, you'll fall away, you'll quit following the Lord. But I don't want you to do that because some things are coming that you need to know about. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. One of the worst things that could possibly happen to a Jew was that they could be excommunicated and driven out of their church. When these 11 men stand up and say, Jesus Christ is my Lord, the Jewish synagogue leaders and the rabbis say, you're out of here. You're going to be kicked out of your very own church. And I'm going to tell you another step. 
They're going to think that they're doing something really good for God, and they're going to kill you. And they're going to do it thinking they're doing it in God's name. Now, do we see that 2,000 years later? There's still people killing people thinking, God told me to do this. God told me to strap a bomb to myself and walk into a room full of people and just blow up men, women, children. God told me to do that. God is nothing about death. God is about life. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. They're lost. They're going to act like lost people because they are lost. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that. I warn you about them. I did not tell you from this from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you who ask me, where are you going? Rather, you're filled with grief because I've said these things. Jesus said, I'm going to die. I'm going to raise again on the third day. And then I'm going to go back to be with the Father. He had told them this over and over and over. And they were still trying to, as we all would, trying to wrap their brain around what in the world Jesus is talking about. And he said, I tell you these things now because I haven't shared them with you before because I've been here with you. I've been leading you through. But now it's fixing to get really hard. And I want you to understand these things. I want you to understand what's going to happen. Can you see the, the gloom in the room? You see how they're... And he said, and in your minds, of course he knows what they're thinking. He said, you, you're not even asking me really where I'm going. You're just more worried that you're going to be persecuted and what's going to happen to you. Here's what they heard. Blah, 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 me. That's what they heard. They didn't hear that God was going to do something remarkable. They didn't hear that Jesus was going to die for their sins. They didn't hear that Jesus was going to send them the comforter. All they could hear about, we're going to lose our church. They're going to try to kill me. And it says, we all would. This is not what I signed up for. Hmm. Rather, you're filled with grief because I've said these things. Verse 7, but very truly I tell you, it is for you good, for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no, more, no longer. And about judgment because the prince of the world now stands condemned. When the Holy Spirit showed up, guys, it changed the whole picture. Jesus came and spent 33 years on this earth. And he dealt with a, a, a single group of people, or many groups, but he dealt with that group of people at that time. He tried to show them the way to act. He tried to show them the way to do things. He tried to show them the way to treat each other. He tried to show them how to love God before others and love yourself before others. It was always about others with Jesus. But he said, now I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. And I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he's going he's to start doing some things that's going to convict a lot, of, a lot of hearts. Because the first thing you understand when the Holy Spirit is here that Jesus isn't. So why isn't Jesus here? Because we nailed him to a cross. And so you're convicted of that on a daily basis. Why isn't Jesus here? 
Why isn't Jesus here? Why isn't Jesus here? Because we nailed him to a cross. And so the Holy Spirit comes among us and he convicts us of our sin. Not only our day-to-day sins, but the, the amazing, remarkable, un, unworthy sin that we've nailed the Savior to a cross. He said, and because the Holy Spirit is here, also the prince of darkness, the prince of this earth, which is the devil, he also knows he's defeated. Because if the Holy Spirit wasn't here, that means I wouldn't be here. That means the Godhead would not be here. So that means that he won, and so everything would be fine. So by the Holy Spirit being among us today, boys and girls, we have hope, we have life, we have Jesus Christ, we have his presence, and we know that we will overcome in Jesus Christ. That's good. That's a good thing to know. Every time you feel that tug at your heart, is that what you need to be doing for the Lord? Or I need you to do this for me? Or I need you to tell this person? Or I need you to show this person the love? That's the Holy Spirit. And you get on your knees and you thank God that you have that comforter, that advocate, that one that tells you what to do right and what to do wrong because he's been sent here by the Father and he is perfect in every way. If you don't feel that tug, if you don't feel that conviction, if you don't feel that on a daily basis, get on your knees and ask Jesus to save you. Because where Jesus is present, the Holy Spirit is present. And if he's not present in your life, you need to be saved. Say, so, Brother Todd, I, I don't ever feel him. I don't really feel like I'm doing anything wrong. Guys, I... Sometimes I can just walk across the living room floor and I feel like I've done something wrong. You know what I mean? It's just my old sinful nature, my mind, my brain, my thought process. It's just terrible sometimes. I shake my head. I, I literally shake my head sometimes and go, where in the world did that come from? You see that we cannot take one step without the Holy Spirit being with us and another step without the Holy Spirit and another step without the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his 11, he said, guys, you're going to need this. You're going to need this. You must have this in order to survive. Today, I tell you and I tell myself 2,000 years later, we got to have the Holy Spirit living, guiding, directing our lives, or this world will be impossible. I am redeemed. I've been set free. Mm. Let me finish up. Jesus said, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now. Jesus was a very good teacher. He knew when their brain was swimming. Whew. He said, I got a lot more to tell you, but it would just blow your, blow your mind. But I think, it all, I think it also shows this, guys and gals. We have got to continue to move toward the Father so that we can learn more about him. Because if we stop at the milk of the word and we keep struggling and struggling with the milk of the word, we're never going to get the cereal or we're never going to get the veggies or we're never going to get the steak because we're still struggling with the milk. He wants you to progress. He wants you to grow. He knows how tough this world can be. He knows how it can defeat people. And he wants you to get closer and closer and closer to him. Because if you don't, you'll stumble and fall. Please understand that this morning.
Have a hunger for God's Word. Have a hunger to learn more about Him. You say, well, Brother Todd, I went to Sunday school all my life. Guys, I'm telling you. I was reading this week, people that have studied the Bible their whole life, when they come to the end, you know what they say? I've not even scratched one one millionth of what God has to tell me in his word, and I've studied his word the whole, my whole life, they say. 80, 90 years old. I've studied it my whole life, and I've not even scratched the surface of what God wants to teach me. It's because we struggle with the milk. We struggle with the little bitty things over and over and over. And we keep struggling. And we keep struggling. And we can't even forgive our neighbor. We can't even love the ones next to us. We can't even do the simple things that he's asked us to do. And those are hard, those are hard sometimes. Don't get me wrong. But he says, get on past that so I can really get you ready to go. So I can really, really teach you something. I have much more to tell you. But you can, it's more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Guys, we know all about him now. We know more about Jesus than the disciples did. you know that? We have the whole word right here before us. From Genesis to Revelation, we have the Holy Spirit guiding us and teaching us his word over and over and over. And he said, he will show you the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will have made known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. And if you'll flip over just a second to verse 33. Russell, you don't have to turn there. But it says this, and we'll hit this again tonight. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Man, that's what we need to end a message like this. It looks, it looks pretty bleak, it looks pretty dark, but I'm telling you, we win. And I like to win. Don't you, John? I like to win. He loves for them Buckeyes to win. But I'm telling you, this victory is way bigger than that. We win. We win. You can have peace. You can leave here today, guys, with peace. I know you think, oh, it is hard. Oh, it is tough. But he said, we're going to walk out of this room a minute to his 11. And he said, I want you to have peace. In just a minute, we're going to walk out those doors. And, guys, I want you to leave here with peace today. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can leave here with peace today to know that he has overcome the world. And we can stand and we can sing with conviction as Brother Dan did today. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I am redeemed. I've been set free. And you can hear the conviction in that voice as he sings that. Today, you can sing that today. I am redeemed. I will overcome. I have peace in my heart because I know Jesus Christ. And there's nothing better. And everything that I would do or everything that I think I've sacrificed is a little bitty minuscule compared to what God wants to do for me. It's bitty. It's little bitty. Guys, I'm telling you, we're holding on to the wrong things. We're holding on to the wrong things, and they're not, not going to get us anywhere. They're just not. Hold on to Jesus. He never changes. He has overcome the world. And all God's people said, amen. Let's pray. And Father, we come to you today, Lord, and we, I ask your forgiveness, Lord, on the days that I don't serve you the way I should. 
Lord, one of the days that I expect more. Lord, on the days where I feel like, man, what's God done for me lately? Lord, forgive me of that. Lord, you've done so much for me that I can never even get close. Lord, thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to teach us. Lord, let us not lose hope. Let us not grow weary in doing good. And Lord, let us know that you have overcome it all. May we get in behind, in line with you, and may we just keep on marching. Keep on marching, Lord. We're coming. Forgive us on the days we're slow. Lord, help us to get back up and help us to just keep on marching. Lord, thank you for letting us into this setting with your disciples. Lord, thank you for letting us peek into the window and, and see how you were speaking to them. And Lord, your words still reverberate to us 2,000 years later. Lord, help us spread the good news. Help us to share that there is victory coming. And help us not to lose heart. Lord, thank you for teaching us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.